Welcome back. Welcome in. This is Country Roads Confidential at earsports.com, part of the Paramount Podcast Network. I am Mike Casaza, welcoming in Chris Anderson. Chris, we are off of Twitter spaces. I mean, you'll be off the grid for the next few days. Imminent news breaking here. I'm sure while you're gone, it would be no other way. And we can get into some of that stuff, maybe some white smoke from the chimney at the Pushkar Center about a position of intrigue, maybe not even intrigue, but certainly a position that's very important to West Virginia's future. We'll get into that today when we dig into the Q&A mailbag here. My first question to you, however, are you ready? I am ready. Are they going to be any good? It's a good question. I can rephrase. Yeah, I mean, hey, you're, I, maybe I should be asking you that question. You, mm-hmm. I mean, I am seeing some of the film. I'm seeing some of the pictures. I hear things, talk to people. You have seen them more in person than I have um, this fall camp. So let me flip it back on you. Are they going to be good? So I'm going to go on relativity here. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. So I, I know I know people who work in the Pittsburgh media. Um, I actually know somebody who works at Pitt. I haven't contacted that person yet. But those people who work in the Pittsburgh media, nope. One no. person who works at Tech. Some people who cover tech, and those are the most prominent early season opponents. And I've uh, I've sent some emails, some texts, had a phone call even. Um, very throwback of me. And it's just kind of like shoulder shrug, hands in the air. Two things are alarming about that. One, we might have more access to football in the preseason this year. And I got to say this looking over my shoulder, because you know us. Um. We we sometimes step in the <laughs> on the hot coals on this. That, that may have been brought to my attention. A, a phone. No, yeah, it was. So we've seen we've seen a good amount of football. Uh, other people have not, and they just kind of go, I don't know, you know, what we've seen. They look, you know, I don't know, limber because they see stretching and they see special teams too, or they see like running in place and all that stuff, and up downs and all that. So it's hard to draw conclusions in some situations, and also a lot of the reports you get from the inside out, everybody's awesome. We have seen a lot of football and limber, active on special teams. Uh, everybody seems to be enthusiastic. So, yeah, what, 10 wins, you figure. But I don't know. Like, there's a lot of formative stuff and conclusions I can't draw. But I kind of come away with the fact that, like, there's nothing obvious that says, yeah, they made a leap. But more importantly, maybe I think relative to this conversation is that, like, there isn't anything that says now they stink. And when I talk to other people from other schools, and this is even some of our Big 12 compadres that we network with, um, you know when a team has got something or someone because they're supposed to be good and it's reinforced or they're supposed to be bad and it's reinforced. And you got those teams that are like, we'll see. And I think that West Virginia is a we'll see team. And I've written about this in three things, and I think that we've all probably hinted or talked about this too. They did have a good offseason and positioned themselves for success. A couple of things have to go right. And the preseason is about, you know, putting them in position to be ready to go and then letting them go and see if it works. But I kind of feel like a lot of that stuff is getting done. And you really can't, you can't, you know, cut the ribbon, so to speak, until that first game. You don't know until you know. I just kind of feel like they're getting the pieces on the board. And then when it's time to go, they'll see what they can do. But And that's that's maybe the best they can do. So. We both said seven and five was our prediction. We differed on one game, I believe. I have them losing to Pitt. You have them losing to Virginia Tech, I believe. Yeah, that was that was what we flipped. One deviation. So, you know, Pitt Tech probably gonna be the key to their preseason for sure before Big Twelve play, but 
those teams have questions too. We're not sure how they're answered. You get them in September, that's awesome. And will West Virginia be ready? I think that's the question. Like, can they be good? We'll know if they're ready. If they're ready, then they have an answer to the question. That's probably, you know, kind of an affirmative and emphatic. Yeah, they'll be fine. And and here's my thoughts on that because I, I'm with you. I when you look at this team and you wonder where where are the biggest concerns? You know, don't worry about the what's great part. If you're trying to figure out what might go wrong, look for the biggest concerns. Mm. And maybe this is the new normal in the age of the transfer era because the big areas of concern, you're thinking, ah, cornerback, all those departures, linebacker, all that, uh, the departures and and needed experience there in the middle and and safety and so on. But then West Virginia added all these pieces that could be great, could be good, could be bad. And maybe that's kind of the new normal of this transfer era where you, there are a lot more question marks. You're not. You're, you're no longer asking yourself, "Hey, can that redshirt freshman or redshirt sophomore who's played 12 snaps in his career, you know, just not suck, or is he going to be one of those special players?" Now it's, "Hey, we've seen this guy actually be good somewhere else. Can he be good here too?" And, and that's where you're at with with West Virginia on this team because a lot of those places that I felt like they had holes, that they had concerns. Again, cornerback, linebacker, safety. You have pieces now. Pieces that have been good, have been great at other places. And you wonder, can they do it again? Can they do it at West Virginia? And if they can, where is West Virginia going to struggle? Where Where is the issue? If JT Daniels lives up to his five-star billing and, and completes passes at a 70% rate like he has when he's been healthy, if the cornerbacks, Wesley McCormick, one of the highest rated corners in the country a couple years back, mm-hmm. uh, Rashad Ajayi, who's what got multiple years of starting experience, if he's pretty good, if Jasir Cox is, is really good at Spear like he was at North Dakota State, if Marcus Floyd, you know, it's a lot of ifs, but all of these guys have done it before. You're not saying if with an unproven commodity. You are saying if with a semi-proven commodity at a lot of different spots. I think it's a great point if you work backward and forward here in our logic, which makes sense for us, right? But, mm-hmm. you know, could they be good here where there's a question mark? Could they be good here as a question mark? And it's it's kind of like birdshot, so to speak, where you're, you're throwing a lot out there. You know, they have a bunch of corners, for example, but they only need one to hit. And, you know, they, they have questions that, you know, maybe depth of receiver. They only need one to hit because then you got depth. So you look at that and say, okay, if they get some depth of receiver, um, if they can – round out their back end of the secondary if that's good that's fine where else might they be weak well i don't know how about the offensive line how about the defensive line that is not a question for west virginia so where they have question marks they have they have ways to turn them into exclamation points that's got to get a couple things to hit and i think that's what they're all about right now trying to figure out who where and how and they still have time to do that and you know it's work it's a it's a list i'm sure but like it it helps to have an idea where you're going and, and who you can use to get there like they're, they're, they're trying to pick players to start. They're not trying to identify who could start. They already know who could start. They're just trying to pick the right one. Um, and to be honest with you, Chris, I, I think we're on the same page. I don't feel a need to belabor the point. Um, we haven't done the Q&A in a while. Probably should jump right in, huh? Yeah, we're we're in mid-season form, though. Taking 15 minutes before we ever get to the first question. So Almost. We're, we're ready. Yeah. You want to get started? Mm-hmm. All right. First question. Right. One of the things that we're talking about right now uh, from Lighten. First question in the thread. First question on the pod. 
Do we get an announcement on JT being the starter this week, officially or unofficially? Mike, give me a timeline here. You want to say over under Wednesday? Right. Well, I might see. So, well, later. Mm -hmm. Which one's later? Over Wednesday? Uh, How about before or after Wednesday? Okay. Because I I think, do we need to see that scrimmage that's happening Thursday? Good point. Or do not we? Do not do the coaches need to see Thursday before they make a decision? Yeah. I think then you go into the weekend, you can do it. And Thursday is such a big day for them in this offseason because they have Thursday games and they start the season on a Thursday. So they're, they're kind of framing their calendar around. Saturday is Thursday because they're going to have to do that Thursday routine a couple times, and they also start in a Thursday scrimmage. I think is Thursday the second one. That that could be formative, it could be final. Um, it might be a smart bet to go over. I'm trying to figure out when we talk to Brown again. Um, you can you can fill in the, the the blank space here in a second. I'll look it up, but not I this week. I don't think I don't think, I think we see him again until the end, right? I can't remember. So players Thursday, assistants Monday. Don't get Neil Brown till August 29th, oh. at least according to the schedule. Before then, for sure. But also, would you be shocked if scrimmage Thursday and there's a Twitter video at noon on Friday where Brown says, you know, he's in his office and he's got his hands like steepled and he's talking about his new starting quarterback named JT Daniels and why he went, what went into it, why he picked him and how great the other three were. I wouldn't be surprised to see something, something like that either. But I would I'd be very surprised if it's if it's much longer before he's named everything I've seen, which is quite a bit again. Um, and from what I've heard from other people there, it just, it, it's, it's going to be him. It's just a matter of when. Hey, how, how deep into the earsportsplustrust.com account do we have to go to get Neil Brown to announce that on earsports on Friday? Um, if the hands are <laughs> steeple, that means you probably have to have a collection plate going around, right? <laughs> yes. So it would take quite a bit, I think. <laughs> oh, well. But yeah, I agree with you. I think I was I was about to say Friday news, Friday afternoon news dump, but uh, I mean that's just not something you want. You're not you're not dumping that. So yeah, I think you're uh, a noon or early morning. Let it let it churn all day on the Twitterverse and social media. Get on ESPN, let it go because it, it, it's news. It's going to be news, and if you have an opportunity to to kind of pump that out on Friday, it's a good time to do it. And if you're and playing it makes for three, sense for that one. If you're playing for 3 o'clock Friday, you might get it at noon on Friday or at 9 a.m. on Friday just for a couple minutes before it's pulled offline and then <laughs> tabled for some time later in the day, too. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, God, I can't wait till you get another phone call. Um, <laughs> I got more on my sleeve here, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think we need to. Uh, next question. Pastor of Muppets, as noted. Great name. Um, move here into the middle of, of his question. He had a, a kind of a two, three-part question. Uh Yes, curious also how or if there's been a lot of changes to how Brown is managing things since stepping back from his offensive role and moving into a more of a CEO type role. They're on time quite a bit. I'll just say that like less is more here, but like that that had been a thorn in some people's paw before. Um, so things are operating smoothly, and I think if he's overseeing things and he's he's the Geppetto and he's got his hands on all the the wires everything starts and finishes when he wants it to. But if he's trying to get one thing done because he's the offensive coordinator, he's got to keep an eye on quarterbacks, and then he's got to run around and go see like what's going on in the defensive line and special teams, things might take longer too. And that could extend to meetings and planning sessions and all that too. But by and large, apart from one day where he was apologetic about it, um, on time. So which means sharp start, start finishes, that's, that's good for a team that I'm sure has to be places on time. And if you're not early, you're not on time, you know, that whole thing. So... If it's a, the product on the field, 
that the coach guides is the same as the product off the field that the coach demands, that's probably pretty good. It reinforces behaviors too. Apart from that, a guy's everywhere during practice. Like he's all over the place. And it reminds me of like a guy who just has a bunch of time on his hands. Like he's on vacation, he doesn't know what to do, or he's retired and he takes another job. You know, whose parents have done that? They retire and all of a sudden they're doing part-time jobs somewhere, right? That seems a bit like him where he's he's not retired, but like he's taken off the offensive coordinator hat, but he's itchy and he's got to take another job part-time somewhere else. And you see him everywhere. And like one day, and I wrote about this too, he's out there catching punts. He's showing guys how to fair catch. He's kicking the ball back to the punters. He's covering Caden Prather. He's mimicking like what the nickelback is supposed to do on certain routes. He's all over officials. Like he's just involved in stuff right now too. So if you extend that attention where he can really throw out a, a large blanket and cover up a lot of the practice, he should be catching things and either keeping stuff sharp or stuff that isn't sharp. He can help make it sharp. He can have a coach's back. He can answer a question. He can ask a question. I think it's going to make a difference. And it should make a difference because that's why he did it, right? That's why he backed away. And he said this too. Like, he was spread way too thin and he wasn't a good offensive coordinator because he still had to be the head coach. At the very least, the offense should be better. As weird as this is to say, because Neil Brown isn't running it. And it's not because he was bad at it. It just means that, like, he doesn't have to be in charge of that and everything else. He got a bona fide offensive coordinator to come in and do it. And he can come in and he can sit in the meetings and throw in his two cents or his two dollars. But he's also got to go to this meeting and that meeting and this game planning and this film review and all that stuff, too, because that's what he can do now. He has time. He has the luxury to do that. And everything else should grow and benefit as a result. Let me hop in here and and ask you another question, a follow up on this. How similar or not is this to the situation with with dana holgerson identical it is identical okay i mean i don't know what identical is you know because even identical twins will look a little bit different at the very least they had different names right but the motivation is identical like let's be frank might have gotten fired right yeah um and just things were not working like as well as he thought believed knew they should work who am I talking about? Who's he, right? Right. It could be Holgerson. It could be Brown. It could be anybody who's done this. And you just don't see a lot of like play callers now who are head coaches up to the NFL. Like, and 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 the ones that do it are extremely burdened. It's just such an all-encompassing job. And and let's be honest, the quality of life for coaching now is really, really taxing. And Brown, by all indications, is someone who would probably not want to be ostracized from his family, right? As a lot of people are. Good men want to be good dads, good husbands, and things like that. And the job pulls you away. It's tough. And, like, that's that's another metric here, too. It's a whole bunch of stuff you have to do throughout different times of the calendar. Like, when your family understands, like, when it's football season, all right, dad's going to be gone from this time to this time, from this month to this month. Cool. But, like, when that becomes something that seeps through other activities, like softball games or basketball games, it can become really difficult to bear. Like, I, like perceptionally to me, like, Brown was conflicted the other day. Because he was at a press conference, so maybe he didn't want to be, or or maybe he knew he had to be, but he was checking his phone trying to get updates about a softball tournament in town, right? That his daughter was playing and he couldn't be at. Like he can do more of that stuff. He can never do as much as he wants. I get that. But like I think he's able to be more of the the husband, dad, like softball fan, basketball fan, whatever, like for his kids too. And that's another part of the metric too, because you you grind yourself 
so hard for so long if you're doing just the coaching stuff and if you don't mix in the things that are that'll get you away you're going to be out of this business one way or another before long and and maybe he he spotted that too and said that's not the way i want to go out um and just step aside and do it and you know holgerson's motivation was different didn't have a family like that um but he also knew that like the overall operation was better if he was running it and the offense was better if someone that he could bring in would run it, which was Jake Spavadol. So he trusted him and knew him. Not quite the same as Brown hiring Harold. Harold and Brown didn't really know each other. But the idea is the same. Like, who do I trust that can just take care of this thing that I've tried to take care of for so long, but I've really realized now I can't do it anymore. Motivation is the exact same. Yeah, I think that's something maybe maybe everybody needs to remember about everybody's job. Like, you think of Neil Brown, I think, you know, for the general public or at least West Virginia fans, they think, yeah, you're your whole life, your whole identity is supposed to be make my team better. And they got a lot going on. Uh, you know, one, there was one recruiting camp where uh, Neil Brown was there and then was leaving early. And it was relayed to me by someone else that, Hey, uh, you know, don't, <laughs> don't say something about him not being here. He's trying to go catch his son's baseball game for the first time in like all summer because he keeps having to be at these camps. And then there was another camp this year where he showed up a few minutes late and was in a full suit and tie and kind of cracked it. Hey, where you been? And he was like, uh, a funeral. And I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> and so, you know, you, I think a lot of people need to remember there's there's a lot more that goes on to this job. And if you try to do everything at this job, you're going to have issues with the everything else, too. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I'm with you. I think it's a good thing that he he did this and you can definitely tell a difference. One more point, if I can. Um, this is not related, but Harold said something about how he goes about identifying the quarterback for his offense. And he said, ultimately, the quarterback, the quarterback's job is to make everyone around him better. Think about that for a second. One, that's completely true. But isn't the head coach the quarterback of the program? Mm-hmm. And if his job is to make everyone around him better, how does he do that? Well, he's got to like delegate. He's got to distribute. He's got to get the ball to different people. He's got to incorporate all parts of the offense, the program. He's got to make sure everybody's running and knows what to do. And you can do that much better if you're if you're removed from one thing and you are involved with everything, too. So his job is to make everyone around him better because he's a quarterback of the program. It's it's a different explanation, but the logic is the same. Next question coming from RVA ear. What personnel packages do you think we'll see the most in the new schemes, assuming a lot of 11 and on 12, but wondering about 13 and even double zero? I think, do you mean 10 or is EK and double zero for real? Empty? Oh, full empty. Uh-huh. Maybe. All right. Um, listen, everybody, just close your office doors. Okay. Put in the earbuds. All right. I'll give you a second, okay? Because we're not supposed to talk about this. <laughs> All right, you ready? They got into 10 personnel in so many different ways on Saturday. And people who are there can back this up. But 10 personnel, one running back, no tight ends. Now, Mike, are you? Uh, maybe we should ask some of the couple thousand fans that were there if they are allowed to no, say this. No, how about a couple you're hundred fans that were there? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if they want to report it because I don't think you can. But. but I've also seen this in all the practices I've been there. So, listen, I'm going to compliment them for allowing us that many practices. I'm also going to draw upon that. So what I saw Saturday reinforced what I'd seen before, too. They got into 10 personnel, which is no tight end, with a tight end of the field. They got into 10 personnel at different times now in this preseason with two tight ends in the field. Okay? That's 
12 personnel, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, so they have a whole bunch of different ways to, to skin the cat. Um, the, they, they're, they've talked about how they had 20 personnel, right? You can get from 20 to 10 pretty easy. Um, like just by like, you can get from four wide out of a 20 personnel, which they've done. Um, and I've seen this in practice that I've been allowed to report on too. So I'm not, I'm not breaking any covenants here, but like, I was just kind of, I was, I was impressed Saturday by what I thought might've been experimental or just a way to get people involved in other practices where they were able to use a whole bunch of different formations. Now I think they're going to play a lot of 10 personnel because I think they like their top three receivers. Um, I think they could find a place for four, which would be Reese Smith or Preston Fox. But I also think you could see them play quickly and keep a tight end of the field. And you can go from 11 personnel to 10 personnel without subbing. You can keep a tight end of the field. And if that's Michael Lachlan, if that's Brian Palendi, you can just kind of quickly go without having to sub and you can keep the defense in a bad spot. So maybe one down, Palendi's kind of lined up on the line or in the backfield. Maybe the next he's a slot receiver. And maybe there's two receivers in each side on one snap. But maybe on the next, Palendi, Sam James, and Bryce Four Wheaton are on the left. And it's a screen pass to Sam James. And he's got two blockers over there. 12-yard gain. Okay, cool. Now four wide, two on each side, draw up the middle where Palendi's blocking. Like there's just so many ways to do stuff too. Um, I see them being like – I think they're going to have a tight end in the field quite a bit. Because I think they like the three receivers in their tight end, but I would not be surprised if those three receivers, tight end, and running back look very, very different. I mean, they could go empty, they could go four wide, they can go one attached. Like, there's just a lot they can do, just based on what I've seen so far. I don't, I don't know what their most popular formation will be. I think their most commonly used personnel combination will be three receivers, tight end, running back. Interesting. I was I was trying to look at the at the um, snap counts on PFF under Graham Harrell at USC, and you go through. And again, this isn't perfect because you just look at the snap counts. They don't actually have lists, as far as I know, list the personnel or how often they got in certain personnel groupings on offense. But you do see, yeah. I mean, it, it looks like a lot of two tight or maybe not two tight end sets, but. Oh, Certainly. my God, the sniper almost got me there. Did you hear that? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I uh, shouldn't have said that out loud. Uh, at least, like, a lot. There's, what, four or five? Five different tight ends with over 100 snaps. Uh, I, I think you're getting to almost five tight ends before you get to five receivers, based off what I'm looking at at PFF. So, um, I think, but again, I, I, I'm certain he will adapt based on what he has, who's doing well, matchups, all that stuff. So, I, I'm... You know better than I do because you've seen it. Um, but I, I think it'll be pretty – he'll be malleable about what kind of personnel he wants to use. What would you base what, – what would you base out of based on the numbers that you know and what you've learned so far from camp? I love this idea of a 20 personnel mm. in part because, one, I think you got a couple good backs back there. Two, because – I mean, I think you can go four receivers, so 10 or 20, but you can you can go with the 20. What, what you just said earlier, I think, can't remember what you said, but it was like a 20, and you can very quickly get into a four-wide uh, set out of that 20. Um, do you have the running backs to do that? Maybe with Johnson, Anderson, uh, I think they're a little, they're pretty versatile, but 
what about CJ Donaldson as that second back in the backfield? You got that 20 look with a split back set and you got Tony Mathis on one side, CJ Johnson on the other. All of a sudden, you know, you get the the, the signal to go into motion. CJ Donaldson goes into motion and now he's in the slot as your fourth receiver with with a single back set. And you can kind of flip in and out of that and you got uh, that's part of the reason I think maybe that Donaldson oh yeah uh is is a big a big piece of this just because he could be that running back he could be that tight end he could be that inside receiver he could be a full I don't want to say fullback on about like a lead fullback but um gives you a lot of flexibility there I, I think that's the thinking behind putting him there which makes me think that like they're gonna find so many ways to use one personnel package in a bunch of different formations which makes you think would they play fast you know will they go no huddle if they got a quarterback who can do that who can coordinate between the snap Right. You know, whistle to snap is a pretty important time for subbing and lining guys up. But they got a quarterback who can do that. And one quarterback would seem to be out front ahead of the others there because of that. Man, who knows what type of magic they could work if they're playing quick. I'm not saying no huddle, but quick. Um, maybe no huddle. And just kind of using one personnel grip in a bunch of different formations. That's a fun idea to think about. Well, here's a not a fun idea to think about. This question from Snuffocator. Ignoring record for a moment, what's the most disastrous outcome slash damaging narrative that could happen for WVU this season? All right, I have a, I got a runner up. Okay. For my answer, I'll give you the runner up, and you can do the answer. How's that? Okay. My, my runner up is if. But what do you mean? What if I don't have an answer? Oh, okay. You want me to do both? No. I, well, let's see. You go ahead with your runner up. I might have my, an answer. My runner up is just kind of a continuation. Like they. If, if these transfers in the secondary are not good, they're cooked on defense. They just are like because they won't have depth. And they won't have players and they won't be able to play man to man. They won't be able to stop teams. And like a lot of their success on defense is going to rely on the defensive backs. And that means one corner, three safeties, probably Charles Woods preseason all conference. Sure. Sure. We'll see. But. I think the ceiling is attainable for him. I don't think there's any question he can be a good player. So. They have talked so much about the science behind getting FCS people to the group of five or even group or excuse me to power five or even group of five to power five. So, hey, we're going to get these FCS guys. They're hungry. They're experienced. They'll be fine. We'll see. Like, it's a great idea if it works. But like, again, remember the international recruiting pipeline? Really good talent that not a lot of people have seen, but talent's talent hasn't quite worked out. So if they have all these transfers that are supposed to be good and they don't pan out that really kind of like pops a balloon on an idea that I think that they want to kind of inflate their defense with. Um, that would be bad for me because let's be frank. They don't have a great batting average on transfers. They've had some hits, right? But they've, they've popped up a couple times and they struck out a couple times and they fouled out a couple times and they have a lot of transfers coming in and a couple have to hit, not all of them, but a couple have to hit. But if it's just a, a you know, three down the middle and they look at each one and it's not good, that would be pretty discouraging to me, I think. And I don't know if this is your answer. It might be. It's my answer. It's that JT Daniels stays healthy, the defense is good, and the offense is still average to bad. And then West Virginia ends up four and eight, five and seven again. And then because the narrative that comes from that is okay, you've changed your quarterback. You had all your offensive line coming back. You had a bunch of it, not a bunch of experience, some experience coming back at receiver. You got a brand new offensive coordinator and you still don't have an offense because that kind of 
that kind of stigma can linger uh, just as the good stuff can can stick around. I mean, heck, we're, what, 10 years at least re- removed from the Geno Smith table in Austin days, and I will still talk to recruits who tell me, man, I love that offense. I just remember Gino and Tavon. Like, kid, that was 10 years ago, five offensive coordinators and a couple head coaches ago. Like, But it sticks because it was so special. It was so good that it sticks. And it was good for a while. You know, Pat White, Steve Slade. West Virginia was known for their offense for years there, for for the better part of a decade. I mean, even longer if you go into deep into the Big 12 and call, come all the way up to Will Greer. You know, West Virginia was known for their offense, and that kind of even sticks around now, even with West Virginia's struggles on offense the last three years. But if West Virginia has a fourth year of mediocre to bad offense, even after returning all the offensive line, getting a new five-star quarterback, getting a new offensive coordinator, and still not good, that's a problem because then that might stick around. That stigma might take over, and that might stick around for the foreseeable future with recruits and everything. Chris. Yes. This is our 364th episode of Country Roads Confidential. I finally said something right. I think we figured each other out because that is the right answer. And it's (laughs) the one I picked out to be the right answer. I can't say any better. Next question, please. Okay. Uh, I'm going to move on to a little something here uh, that I was not aware of. You, you were apparently, um, from Dome Defense. You ready to get to these last two questions, or was there another one that I missed somewhere? No, you're good. Okay. Uh, Dome Defense. I was listening to the first episode of Gun Podcast with Owen and Jed, and they mentioned Jed not only gets to watch practice every day, but he gets a copy of the film for practice, too. If someone told you that you could get access to both of those things, but you had to give up $1,000, presumably, dollars out of pocket, would you accept well, is it prorated? Because I don't want to go to practice every day. I'd much rather watch the film. <laughs> so what's the film like? 700, you think? Yeah, 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 yeah. The convenience, there's a convenience fee in there. So it's more than 50% for sure. It might be 1,200. They might pay me 200 to go to practice. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, so, boy, that'd be awful nice. Um, just to know the secrets and all that stuff, too. Like, some, you ever had that conversation with your friends about, like, what superpower would you like to have? Like, I, I I never even blink. I'm like, getting invisible. Just because I would do things like go to practice. Yeah. <laughs> and then I would come back to my house, not invisible, and write about it. Like, oh, here's things that happened. Here's what, my, uh, here's what I've learned about the situation. Not sources say, but what I learned because I was there. I just happened to be invisible. So if I didn't have to be invisible, which, by the way, isn't happening. But if I could somehow get in the get in the arena, that'd be pretty cool. A thousand bucks? Hmm. I don't know. We'll have to talk off air about my contract, Chris. I'm in a contract here. Did you know that? <laughs> I, I did not. I, I did actually did know that. Yeah. I got to see if the old vets got some, uh, some pep in the fastball this year too. We'll see before they commit to them. But, um, I would, that's the one thing that I would really like to know about. I don't care about, I mean, it'd be cool, but like, if you ask me to like power rank things, being in meetings, film sessions, planning, and all that stuff, I don't know. Like the, the, like the Thursday practice would be the most important one to me because that's where all the all the important stuff happens. That's you know about depth charts and all that. But like practice footage would be so cool. And all of that, but like it's all 22. Like what Jed gets to see is really nice. Like it's it's the all 22. It's HD. It's perfectly framed. It's I mean, you can tell like if the receiver's eyes are open or closed on something, even though they're far away. It's it's great stuff. I would love to have it. How much would I pay for it? Could I expense it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh I'm in. Yeah. I mean, I think all the money we make. 
Well, that's and that's here. Here's the caveat. Jed gets to see that, gets to watch that, and he uses it differently than we do, like or differently ha- than how we would if we were able to have access to it. Because yeah. Jed, Jed Jed uses it. You know, I mean, we would we would obviously use it to increase our knowledge of the team and and what we're saying, obviously, um, but like that would then turn into content for you and I. You and I would then write so hey, like you said, here's the scoop that happened to practice today. Here's, you know, who was working with the first team, who was working with the second team. And that's just not how that works um with them. I think, you know, obviously I think there are caveats they come with. Sure, you can look at this, but you can't mention it to anybody or you can kind of use it but only on the radio like as the game's being played. So now it's too late for you know, somebody else to pick up on something that you're saying and use it in the game plan or whatever. But um, if you told me, hey, Chris, you somebody will sneak you the the film for a thousand bucks and you get to do whatever you want with it for your site. Yeah. If you're listening to this podcast. Don't call me because that's bad and I would never do that. But I have cash app is all I'm saying. Also, I'm, I'm fairly recognizable. (laughs) <laughs> like you could see me on the sideline. I will be Chris's intermediary because <laughs> right? here's the game, Chris, 364 of these. I was going to say the same thing. Like, listen, uh, if you happen to be in the film office at, at WBU and, and you're just, you're tired of eating ramen and the GA salary ain't good enough. We can go from ramen to like, I don't know what's, what's better than ramen. Anything, I guess. Right. <laughs> yeah. we, we could find a way to make the Kroger shopping a little bit more palatable for you. How about that? Uh, but no, you already took that one from me. Don't get me started on this, Kroger. By the way, you mentioned Kroger, and all of a sudden, somebody sent me something or tried to post it on our Facebook page the other day. Um, and, and you'll know, again, you'll know this more than me. The 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 different Krogers of Morgantown, the mm-hmm. Gucci Kroger. Mm-hmm. You're a Gucci Kroger shopper, aren't you? Uh, no, I hate getting down the hill. I hate the parking lot. I love the food store, but if you forget something, you've got to run like a 5K to get back to get some eggs because you're on the other side of the store. Okay. All right, I was just checking because I didn't I didn't know there were. Uh, names and special names for all the different Krogers. I had to, I had to think about it a little bit, but I've been in all of them, but Krogetto is a, is a good one. Yes. 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 Hard yes. Name. Um, last question from J cart three Oh four. Totally hypothetical. Totally. But if someone was to post a list of the entire athletic department's personal numbers, would you use it? If there was someone you needed to contact, <laughs> I mean, I will <laughs> like, yeah, not would I, I will for sure, because there are many numbers on that recently linked document that I did not have that I've been frustrated about not having. Um, I, I could really go off about this. Like, like, for example, I asked one person um, when I met this person um, as professional courtesy, could we trade cell phone numbers? Because if something happens, like one thing I tell any coach or, or I ever or administrator I ever meet, I'm not going to surprise you. Like if something happens, I'm going to let you know. So at least you have a heads up and maybe maybe there's an opportunity for you to comment on it, inform me, whatever. But like I'm not going to surprise you. So, hey, give me your cell phone because sometimes things happen after the university closes and I can't go through the proper channels. Um, and this person said, well, you know, I, I just, you know, I just got a cell phone from the university and I have one from where I was before. And I actually have three cell phone numbers. I'm like, well, I, I didn't I don't want your cell phone. I just want the number so I can call you. Like, I don't need to actually have your physical cell phone. I just want the number. And I never got that person's number. Guess what, Chris? You do now. Got it. (laughs) 
got it. Um, and like, there's, there's, there's some people there who every now and then, like you, you just never know, like there's, there's 17 sports on campus. Um, I can remember one time I had to write a story about a rowing team backing out of an international competition and I had to get in touch with the rowing coach and she was not happy that I knew the story and I got in touch with her, but I had to do it. Um, I've had, I've had experiences before where like I've gotten in touch with somebody who's like, well, you never ever cover us. Why? Well, that's my job. But also getting caught out of the blue on their their personal cell phone number is kind of a weird thing. Um, and listen, I don't have relationships with never mind phone numbers for some of the coaches on campus. Guess what, Chris? You do now. I got them. So I'm going to fire off. You know what? Now that I have this one person's the offending party's number, I'll shoot that person a text. Be like, thanks for releasing the Kraken, sir. <laughs> Oh my God! How many how many of those numbers do you think have been changed already? I I was wondering about that because I you know for those who don't know, obviously the vast majority of those people that work in the athletic department are I think most of those numbers I think there were there were different columns with personal and work cells and all those work cells can be changed not easily but you know they're all school account cell phones numbers that just swap around to different coaches. Um, I'll say this, there was a number that I once had for one assistant coach mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. I then met a new assistant coach and it was the same number because it had just been passed around and around. Um, so I, I'm interested to see what happens if all of a sudden I'm going to get a text from any capital P people telling me, new number, who this? Or I'll just start texting them all those numbers and just say, hey, new number, add me. And see who adds me back, who responds. How, how many do you think? I can't remember. Uh, is there like a hundred some people on that list? How many oh do you God. think? A hundred people. I forgot who actually had jobs. A hundred and uh, not that I know because I don't have it. Never seen it. Don't even know what this hypothetical list is. But it might have had a hundred and ninety-one names on it. I. How many do you think respond if I just randomly text all hundred ninety-one? Twenty. <laughs> A few well, people just response. saying yeah. F you, Chris. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's higher than 20. Yes. Um, listen, mistakes happen and we can laugh about it. God knows I've, I've I mean, <laughs> I, I once blew up a quarterback accidentally on in a direct message that I tried to edit and accidentally set uh, yes. across the public. Oh, you remember that one, huh? That's before. No, we I, I, was say, I know. I mean, I've done something similar where I've, I've accidentally because you know how our, our headline manager works, our queue that we put stories in and I have put stories in and meant to with news or quotes or something from kids or recruits and meant to hit save and accidentally hit the publish button. They are literally right next to each other. Or if you hit save with a past date on it, sometimes it'll still publish. Mm. Or if you hit save on a story and say, for instance, have a committed graphic saved to it, the system automatically takes that committed graphic and places it on the player's profile and I've saved it, although not published it, and then had people being like, hey, that kid's committed graphic who has not yet announced is on his profile. So, yes, I am fully aware mistakes can be made, especially on the Internet. So I, I have been there, done that. Um, yeah. Sorry, go ahead with your quarterback story because it's probably well, that. I guess a little story time here. Uh, Skylar Howard never held this against me. He might not even know. And um, I actually saw him not long after he left. And I was, I was never sure if he liked me or anybody for that matter. He had a, he had a kind of a love hate with a lot of people when he was here. I never had oh, a problem. I'm, I'm blocked. So, Oh, I blocked. think it was my, uh, 
Pear Bowl coverage. It got me over the top. Pearl Bowl, I'm sorry. Got me back in his good graces. But like I saw him at a um a pregame once and, and like I didn't I didn't say anything to him because I was like, Well, that guy hates me because I just thought he kinda hated the media. Um yeah. but like he was like, So you're not gonna talk to me? And I was like, My man, let's talk, right? <laughs> so it's cool. But like when he hit in between his first and second year, um somebody like a like a, a national reporter, which has kind of hit me up for details about West Virginia's preseason and maybe their spring actually. Um and like how things were going, whatever. And like, you know, hey, Trickett's back, but like, you know, are they going to have to play a junior college player? And I, my, I responded in, in the direct message. I said, you know, you know, they're going to have to get Trickett, you know, healthy and improve, you know, but like, you know, the Juco situation stinks because, you know, you don't want to have a guy coming in from junior college and play. And I was like, well, anyway, that doesn't make any sense. So I tried to clear it up and I was like getting off a plane. Um, I turned my phone on and like this person had DM me. I was like, oh, cool. I got, I must get back to this person because I thought that was like the most important thing in the world at that, at that particular moment, instead of like, you know, deplaning or not forgetting my carry on or whatever. So I'm like hastily thumbing through a DM and I was like, wait a minute, hold on, let me reword that. And I said, you know, they need Trigget to get better, you know, um, physically, you know, this and that, but the Juco stinks, period. And that's what I sent. <laughs> And I don't know, I don't know how I sent it. I just put it in my pocket because like some woman behind me with a baby was yelling because I was in the middle of the the aisle not getting off the plane or something. I forget exactly how it happened, but I put out a tweet that said like they need Trigger to get better and the junior college quarterback stinks or something like that. Where I meant to say like the junior quarter the JUCO situation stinks. I said the JUCO stinks. <laughs> like I was like, oh no. <laughs> um, and this is before drafts and things like that on Twitter. I'm not even sure if that would have bailed me out, but like it was out there for like 20 seconds, 90 seconds. I don't know. I, I'm sure it still exists. I'm sure someone has a screenshot of it somewhere about it. Like and for a long time, I just, just because if anybody ever came to me and said like, from that time that you slandered Skylar Howard, <laughs> I'd have the well actually, because what, what actually happened was I got off the plane and like, you know, Hey, you know, thank you. Come again. Thank you. Come again. But like my phone was like, ding, 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 ding. And I just thought it was me getting, messages and notifications from when I had my phone off on the flight. No, <laughs> it was not. It was people saying, you might want to delete that, right? Mike, what'd you do? Why do you hate Skylar Howard? I didn't, I didn't check any of that stuff. So what I did was I went back into the DM and I sent the person the text message and I said, you know, they're going to need, you know, trick it to improve, you know, his health is one thing, you know, his second year, he should be better. Um, the junior college situation stinks. You don't want to rely on a guy this year, but they may have to do it. And I sent it to that person. And <laughs> so, like, I have that DM saved just so if anybody ever says, you know, again, remember when you slandered Skylar Howard? I'd be like, well, that was actually an accident because here's the actual DM. But, like, man, the 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 zero faith in yourself you have after something like that, like, I will not DM over the phone anymore <laughs> just because I'm scared to death of doing that again. Um so my advanced apologies to JT Daniels if I say something stupid this year by uh, Twitter. Well, that was a pretty successful return to the Q&A, Mike. We, we pissed off half the athletic department. We had multiple questions where we both had the same answer, and we got to make fun of you for making mistakes on the Internet. So it was, it was a good day. I like it. Good day. Right? Yeah. It was a good, good return. We should do it again soon, but like as we are wont to do, you'll be on vacation. Yep. I'll be out of pocket one day, which is probably the day everything will happen. Just clear Wednesday, everybody. Clear your calendars on Wednesday. Something's going to happen. Um, yeah. If it does, we'll be here to clean it up. Until then, I'm Mike Kazaza. And I'm Chris Anderson. We'll talk to you later.